everyone, and welcome to the International Church Podcast. It's been a while since we've been with you, but uh, to celebrate a new quarantine in Paris, we decided to do another episode. Now, uh, about six months ago, if you were to buy stock in Zoom, you would have made a good investment because Zoom has taken over the world. And so uh, we wanted to do a podcast to talk about Zoom and the way that churches are using it, the way our church is using it, when certainly a program that we have been very thankful for. If you're not familiar with Zoom, we're on Zoom right now. Uh, it's a software that we use to record and to uh, meet, have meetings together. And so uh, there's been a lot of Zoom lately. And so I want to ask our guys here with, with several months of kind of in-person interactions being very limited, having to meet on Zoom. Uh, if, for, for example, today, I have five Zoom meetings today, and I'm not even, not even scratching the surface of what my past week has been. Uh, so Zoom is everywhere. Do you guys have Zoom fatigue? Do you, are you lamenting the in-person meetings not happening? I, I'll answer. I, I wouldn't say that I have Zoom fatigue. Uh, personally, if I had the choice between interacting with a person right now with a face covering on with a mask on versus interacting via Zoom where I can see the person's face and facial expressions, I'm all for seeing the face. I'm all for being on Zoom and having those kind of meetings. It actually still feels like a wonder to me that I can go like you today, Parker, I can go from meeting to meeting to meeting with people all over Paris, all over the world and have no travel time added in. No, if, no metro stress. Place like Paris, <laughs> that's, that's like three hours of your day at least given back to you. So that's, that's an amazing thing. It's, it almost still feels like getting on an airplane and flying that we are, we are flying through the air and this, this is an amazing bit of technology. And so I, I would say I'm, I'm, not at the point where I have Zoom fatigue right now. Although I do think there are some things to lay mint about not having the face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah, uh, so my answer is kind of yes and no. Uh, I do think, I don't know if you felt this, whenever I get off, especially a longer Zoom meeting, uh, um, there's almost a feeling of being kind of like you, like we're 3D, right? It's almost like we're like squished into like a little flat, person 2d kind of reality and sometimes when i'm getting off of a, a longer zoom meeting i almost feel like i you've been boxed in and now okay back to 3d life um and that's not to say that it's not good um but there is something i think kind of constricting confining about it and i do think that for those friends of ours who are maybe in the workforce like my brother for instance i was talking to him he is just on the computer all day and he has a pretty high stress job in financial kind of software um, engineering and all sorts of really complicated stuff they're just on zoom all day uh, not always talking sometimes they're just working alongside each other and having the video on the screen um, but you know for those of our friends who are in that world where they are just uh, you know they're all of their work and all all of their you know reality for a lot of the, the day is is mediated through zoom i can imagine a lot of fatigue um, for me, it's not quite as bad because I don't have to live that way. And uh, our kind of work doesn't necessitate, you know, nine to five meetings all day long, every day. Um, and so, you know, yeah, on Sunday, I was pretty encouraged leaving our, our church online uh, Zoom uh, time. 
um, just getting to pray with people, uh, getting to discuss the Bible. Um, but, you know, I do lament the loss of, of our in-person gatherings for now because of the confinement. And I think that we yeah. really had a good sense of momentum, even with the few weeks that we, um, that we had in the building and obviously church in the park before that. Um, but, you know, when you have no other choice, I think, uh, I think this kind of real relational personal interaction is really, really important and so important that sure. all of us are thankful. Like you said, KJ, I like that. Like we can be really thankful uh, that we have that capability. Because yeah. we might not if just a few years ago, you know. No, it's, it, it has definitely been a plus in general. I, I'll say I have Zoom fatigue, but I would say that it's more about being confined to my apartment than the program Zoom itself. I, there, it is true when, it, when all of this first started, I really love not having to get on the metro and try you know, or you know, go to, spend all this time on transportation. Although maybe I've gotten to the point now where I kind of miss the metro. <laughs> I would love to kind of just get out of the house a bit. Uh, but, but I, I think there's a balance there, uh, that, that is to be solved. But I, I also agree with you, Paul, I, I had a really encouraging time church wise, and we'll get into that kind of, as we, as we go through this, because this, this episode is specifically about how we use zoom for church. Um, and, and obviously there, there's positives and negatives to that. Uh, and it's kind of made me think about a lot of things I've never thought about before and kind of the nature of church. And so. I'll just throw this question out there to you guys, just given the limitations that have come with the COVID restrictions, we're on a new lockdown now. Um, and, and what that means for how we do church, what aspects, I mean, gosh, how many times have we had to change the program in the past few months? We, we, we had the Corona care groups going on with recorded sermons, with evolved into church in the park with just, you know, a really nice time in the summer. Then we had this kind of limited hybrid uh, in the building Zoom, and now we're fully Zoom again with a new confinement. So with all of this, you know, going on, what aspects of church life do we need to be more intentional about in the coming confinement where we're limited to church on Zoom? Is there any potential dangers that we need to card against? Well, I, th I think kind of picking up from where I was, where I was just ending that previous question. I think we all need to be very, very intentional with relationships. And um, I think KJ was preaching on this last week as we we're in Titus and in, in, uh, at town. And, you know, there's a real opportunity for heart for heart work and personal kind of relational work within the home. Right. right. And, and obviously if you're a single with God, right. Uh, that, that relationship with God. And this is, you know, a time to kind of tend to our own gardens and, uh, you know, just be thinking about uh, taking time out, especially if, if we have some people who really are stuck on the computer all day, carving out time to meditate, to be silent, to read the word, um, to pray and ask God to reveal things in our life, in our heart, uh, in our relationships outside of the home, uh, where, where he wants to work. And I think you know, if we're doing that work, that essential kind of work, to, you know, say this is something God brought upon us that we had no choice, right? We have at least the next six weeks, maybe more, to really have a season that's different. And why not take that as, as a, a, a providence from God where he can really work in our lives in a, in a different way? 
And so I think start with yourself relationally, looking at that, uh, those relationships within the home or just, uh, you know, close relations with you and then move out from there and think about uh, the church's life, right? The, the, the people uh, in our congregations, right? Maybe some you don't know that well right now that you might know better uh, after the confinement. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity and, and it takes a lot of, cre- a lot, what we learned last time, it takes a lot of creativity. You've just got to be thinking of different ways um, to reach out to people and certainly phone conversations, Zoom, you know, th- those obvious things are, are, are there, but other things like care packages, you know, you could buy a gift card for someone. There's so many different ways, you know, and I think that that's up to people as, as they feel led by God. Um, to think of ways to really be intentional with relationship. But I would say, again, first primary thing is being present, Uh, being present where you are in your apartment and being present uh, with the life of the church right now. Uh, So connecting, having those conversations, being there consistently on Zoom uh, for our church meetings to pray and to study the word together. I think that's very, very foundational. So, if we're thinking about how do we as a church, how do we do church in the midst of the limitations that are on us and what potential dangers do we guard against? I think the church is first and foremost a family. We've been adopted into God's family. We've been wedded to Christ as his bride. We are brothers and sisters to one another. And so I ask yourself the question, how are extended families doing family during this time? Your, your natural extended family in a time of pandemic, how are you doing family? We as a church should be doing the same things. Uh, we get FaceTime with one another in a lot of the same ways I get FaceTime with my family who's across an ocean right now. We, we need to be more intentional about interacting with one another during this time of lockdown, confinement, uh, because the natural opportunities aren't as abundant as they once were. Uh, the, the danger, I think, in this time is for people to begin to feel divorced from the family, uh, either because they've, they've kind of withdrawn themselves, self-withdrawal, or just unintentionally forgotten by others. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to remember that relationships are a two-way street. You can, you can pursue someone and pursue someone, but if they don't give anything back, there's, there's nothing you can do. Uh, so, so it's being intentional about being a family together. And that means pursuing one another in love in the ways that are available to us, like all extended family are doing right now. The intentionality I think is an important part. And I think for me, one of the big things I've missed is the opposite is the spontaneity. Uh, And, and, you know, I think one of the things is, I think Zoom is very good for intentional things. Uh, If if we're going to have a meeting, we get on Zoom and we discuss the topic for that meeting. But unlike meeting in person, we don't go and get a, get some coffee after and talk about, you know, you know, life kind of issues or what, TV show we're watching or the game last night or just kind of normal fellowship type things we get missed because uh, in Zoom we do what we intend to do and then we get off. I, this past week we um, uh, we had the International Baptist Convention and also I, I was also part of the, the Federation Baptiste Convention, both of which happened on Zoom in the past two weeks. 
And in both circumstances, you know, such a big part of what I enjoy about those kinds of events is the coffee breaks and the getting lunch together and the, you know, hey, we're going to go get a drink after the, the sur- after the, after we get out and we're going to go get dinner and we're hanging out at the, at the, at the hotel. All those things necessitate you being in person. And so we, we can get on Zoom and we can kind of accomplish the business for the day. But it's that spontaneous relationship aspect that I really miss. And I think if I look back on my past, past few months, I feel like the intentional things I've gotten a lot better at. Like I've, I've had way more intentional interactions with people in the confinement than I did before. Well, it's because you don't have the spontaneous that you need the more intentional. That you need the intentional. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so I feel like the intentional has been there, but I'm missing the spontaneous. And what goes along with that is the, is the small group dynamic. Uh, and, and which for me, for example, my, my wife and I have kind of a tradition of every Sunday, the, we invite the young adults over to our apartment after church, which obviously that we, it's been months since we've been able to do something like that. Um, and that spontaneous kind of merriment activity. Hey, we're watching a movie together or we're going to play a board game. This kind of interaction that you have uh, it has been missing. And so uh, we, that's one of the things my wife and I have been talking about is, is there some kind of, is there a way we can use Zoom to do that kind of thing? Um, this past Sunday, we actually, we found this kind of iPhone silly game called Among Us. It's a little bit like Mafia or Werewolf. And we, we just, we got the young adults and we were, you know, it was online. We use Discord and not Zoom, but it's kind of the same thing just to try to create this kind of small group dynamic that we've been missing. Uh, and, and it was, it was fun, you know, and, and I feel like there's, uh, there, there's some supplements like that that we need to think through is how, how do we not lose the spontaneity of our relationships and our, um, yeah. So, so how do we have more opportunities for merriment? Mer- merriment is the key word there. And merriment is a good thing just because, you know, playing a board game may not seem super spiritual, but we, it may be what some people in our church need, uh, you know, and, and just, just a time to kind of relax and have fun with each other. And I think, I think, I think that's been missing for a lot of us. Now, I, I would push back and say playing board games are spiritual. Okay, fair enough. Relational building uh, spiritual moments in board games. But in in all seriousness, a big outreach that you started, KJ, at our church was board game evening, right? And that happened because we were doing this kind of creating this natural avenue for discipleship right there. Creating a spontaneous small group relationship building activity that was fun and effective. And, And those kind of things we're not able to do at the moment. Um, or at least not able to do in person. You know, I think there's ways we can think about creative ways to continue that. But shifting from this this kind of question to a more church service question, because that's what we're doing right now. Our church services are on Zoom. Uh, we've evolved from kind of posting a YouTube video and just saying, hey, watch this, uh, to ha- actually having a full service online. So what, in favor of this, the pluses, what advantages does having a whole church service on Zoom solve and how and related, if you're coming into a church service on Zoom, uh, are there extra things you need to do to prepare your heart for that? 
I'll I'll just say the obvious advantage or the obvious uh, problem that is solved by Zoom is the problem in a pandemic of unintentionally spreading the virus that is the reason for the pandemic. Uh, so Zoom is very good at solving that uh, because when we do gather as a church, there is a, a highly tactile nature to normal church life. There are hugs, there are kisses, there are warm welcomes, there's sharing meals together. <laughs> there's, there's sharing the Lord's Supper. There's sharing a laugh uh, singing at the top of one's voice together. All these things are great, except in a time of pandemic. So Zoom gatherings give us a way to stop the spread while still being able to see each other's face, which we've already said is, is so important. Uh, we're not masked people just raising our eyebrows at each other. Like that's, that's, that's the length of communication I can have with people outside right now. Um, instead, on Zoom, when we tell a joke, people can see on our faces that we're joking and we're laughing about things together. We can sing at the top of our voice and be on mute, which for people like me may be a preferable alternative to, to being in person. Uh, we, we need to approach Zoom like it's our time to interact with God's family uh, who need my encouragement and whom I need to be encouraged by. That's why we structure our Zoom gathering to be highly relational. As, as you come in, we'll, we'll be welcoming people, and then we all break off into random groups of four or five for prayer. So everybody gets to share, everybody gets to pray for one another. We come back together, and then we start discussing God's word. I ask a few questions. We break off into another random set of random groups. So you're with different people discussing God's word. We come back together, get some consensus of highlights, and then we break off again. To, to ask more questions and, and unpack the passage that we're in. And so it's, it's highly relational when we're together. Uh, Paul says this. He says, this is how you grow up. You want to know how you grow up as a Christian? This is how. By speaking the truth in love to one another, we grow up into maturity, into the fullness of Christ. And thankfully, that is still possible over an avenue like Zoom. Yeah, I think if you, you know, the question of the bonus or the, the benefit of, of a more interactive relational avenue like Zoom versus a, a YouTube sermon or even a full, you know, some churches do a full YouTube production, right? I mean, the whole service, music and everything is recreated, whether it's in the studio or whatever they do it. Um, and I think that, you know, to me, it's obvious when you kind of imagine or picture maybe you've seen this, you know, I, I've, I've witnessed it in person. Imagine the different kind of interactions that people are having. So imagine a family sitting on the couch <clears throat> watching the YouTube service. And again, I know people are putting a lot of effort into these to reach people, so I'm not criticizing it, but I've seen the evidence and I've seen it in us too, right? You got mom on the phone, dad's kind of slouching, right? The kids are not paying attention. It's, it's uh, not exactly a Norman Rockwell painting, is it? No, no, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Probably for the really good Christian family, yes. And God bless you. Um, but, you know, the typical, just because of the environment, I think what you were getting at earlier, Parker, the environment produces that sense of this is just to watch. And what do we do with any TV show? If it's really, really good, we pay really good attention and are, you know, totally uh, immersed in it. And with things that are not made by million-dollar Hollywood budget productions, 
we tend to kind of go in and out of paying attention. Well, then you picture, you know, a family around the computer, or I know one of our families, they have people at different computers so that they could more easily uh, engage individually. Uh, but you imagine that, you, you imagine that screenshot, right? And you see people who are kind of looking, hey, talking, um, taking prayer requests, and then praying for the people, you know? And I think, to me, it's just obvious. There's so much more benefit to active um, opportunities that, that uh, you know, that a, a software like Zoom gives us. Um, I, so. I love, yeah, I love the the illusion you made to the TV show. Like, what do you do with a good TV? A church is not a TV show. Uh, and if it was a TV show, there'd be a lot better ones than the one we're showing. Uh, it's not a TV show. It's a community. And, and I think Zoom can do that in a way that YouTube can't. And I think one of the things I, I think over the past few months that we have learned as a church is the importance of interacting as part of worship, uh, that it's not just something that you observe, it's something you participate in. The church in the park, I think, really helped me see how important it is that people process the sermon and be able to speak and teach others, even, you know, at, through, from their wisdom. Uh, and Zoom, one of the great features is this breakout room uh, situation where you actually do get to interact you get to pray for each other intentionally. The prayer time was really nice. The discussion for the sermon is nice. And it also, because it's randomized and, you know, the Lord is in control of the randomization, right? Uh, because it is randomized, you're going to meet new people. And, and I, I think we've seen that as well. I, I, one of my church leaders, uh, even in the email he sent me this week said, you know, I, I was put into a uh, into a discussion group with people that I had never met before. Uh, and so th these are things that are happening through Zoom that may not have happened in the building. Uh, and, and I think that's a, that is a positive that we, that we should mention. And I think it also needs to be something that we prepare our hearts for when we're coming in. Don't think of it as watching a TV show. <laughs> Don't think of it as I'm signing on to watch a sermon on YouTube. Think of it as I'm coming to church and there are my friends, and I see their faces, and I want to come into it thinking, who do I need to encourage? Who do I want to talk to? In the same way, if you're coming to the building, thinking, oh, I, would, I, I wonder how this person is doing. I know that they had a difficult week last week. I want to talk to Come into it thinking about those things. Uh, you know, one of the, the, I mentioned the IBC conference last week, and of course, all the limitations that I mentioned, but one of the things that meant a lot to me was that in the chat, you know, on the side, there's a chat. I got a lot of private encouraging messages from other pastors uh, and it meant a lot to me. I, and I, it made me wish I'd have come into that meeting with more intentionality about that be because it, you know, I could have had a chance to encourage others as well. And I think, I think that's an important thing we need to prepare for is it's not just, it's not just a TV show. I love that Paul. It's not just a TV show. It's, it's a community. And an important proverb, the lot is cast in the lap but the random discussion group is from the Lord, right? You're, you're the people you're put with intentionally. That's the, the new, new King James version. That's, that's uh, the, new, <laughs> the new COVID version. Parker, uh, just, just one more little quick thought on what you were saying. I do think 
the investment that people make now and the intentional intentionality that they have uh, during the next month or two, however long it is, I do think that that goes kind of pays forward into the joy of a renewed fellowship. Yes. And does. so, you know, if you yeah. don't build any relationships right now, I think it will still be encouraging to come back together just because of, again, that, that feeling, like you said, that, that joy of just fellowship. But how much more if someone's gotten to know new people in the church, now they're excited when they come together to see them, which they didn't know before. And then also old, old friendships that are, that are strengthened. I, I think, you know, yeah. there's an investment aspect to, to, to the, to this that is, that is important well, and it's connected to what we're going to do in the normal time. Right. Absolutely. And that's something we've experienced. I experienced that at the baptism service of the first time seeing all these people that I've been seeing online all this time. It's like, it, there was a rejoicing that happened there. Um, let's move on to the next question, uh, just in terms of time, but the, let's talk about the opposite side of it. Because there are things that you can do in person that you can't do on Zoom. And there's a, as a pastor, there's a balance that I want to make sure we have to this discussion, because on one hand, I don't want someone to think, I'm not going to sign into Zoom, I'll just watch the recorded sermon later. From, I, we're, we're trying, especially in the last question, we're trying to say, no, this is a community. You need this to sign into Zoom. But on the other side, I don't want someone to come to the conclusion either that, hey, Zoom is all we need. I'm not going back to the building when we go. So, so what, there's a balance we need to have in this discussion. What, are, what does Zoom not solve? Uh, and and what, what are some aspects of church that we will be missing and we need to really think about? I'll start. I think this is a hard, really, really, you know, deep question in a sense. We're talking about what is the benefit of the kind of embodied life in community? And there's a lot of depth there to explore. I'm just going to throw this term out. I mentioned this earlier to you guys, but I'm not saying we have to dwell on it, but in a book on ecclesiology, the study of the church by Dr. Greg Allison, he's a professor in the United States at our Southern seminary where, where KJ and I went. Um, he says one of the essential elements of the church is that it is, forgive me for using a big term, Spatio-temporal eschatological. Uh, I just love that term. Uh, if you want to sound smart, there you go. You can use it. But I, you know, I didn't even think you were smart before you said that, but now I'm Now you're convinced. convinced. <laughs> I read a book and I learned this word. But no, it just, you know, it just simply means that, I mean, it's, I think it's profound when you think about it, but he's basically, he's, he's arguing that in addition to all the common things we think of as essential to a church, right? The word of God is at the center. It's, it's the gospel is proclaimed, right? If you don't have the gospel, you can't be a church. Um, and there's other, other uh, you know, essential biblical leadership, all sorts of things. But the fact that the church exists in spatio, space, temporal, time, right? We exist in space and time, and there's an eschatological element. There is a, the fact that we are living in Christ as a body of Christ in space and time, uh, spiritually, relating to God and spiritually showing forth and shining forth his light, his kingdom in that place. That's a profound mystery, but I think the Bible does teach that. There, there, is, a, there is a profound presence um, in, a, in an embodied life and community when the church is, as KJ said earlier, building itself up in love into the fullness of Christ. 
And you, you, know, you read the book of Acts, you read the Bible, you see, you see the, the effects of that, right? There's real fellowship happening. There's breaking of bread. There's, you know, there's salvations happening as people are living their lives and gathering and then being sent out into the world on mission. All of that, you know, is very much, the relational element is there with Zoom, but the embodied element is not quite there. And I think, so that, So we say it's a good thing, but there's, there's this intangible, beautiful reality that God has designed us as humans in the church as a body, as a living body, right, of, of different parts, um, that we would never want anyone to miss out on that, right? I just, I just you know, the joy, the, the opportunities for service, I think that would be the, the, the thing I'd want to say to someone who maybe was tempted to not value uh, the, the, the opportunity to gather in person, right? They say, I just want to do online church the rest of my life. I'd say, well, you know, I, I don't think that's, if you have the opportunity, there's a, a lot you're going to miss out on um, and in God's design for the church. So that would, that would be my concern for someone not getting that. AJ, you have some thoughts? Yeah. What aspects does Zoom not solve? Zoom, I think as a solution is definitely a less optimal solution. Uh, Paul talked about, uh, you know, Latin terms. I'm going to talk about leaky toilets. Um, the, the, the thing Zoom does solve, it solves like duct tape on a leaky pipe. We have a, a toilet upstairs that uh, was in this house when Noreen, the lady we live with, moved in. So it's been there since the 1960s. It's got a, a, the, the part that flushes is way up high on the wall, has a long pipe down to it. And that pipe is leaking at the base. Uh, and so I, like any good American, have taken duct tape and taped, taped around the leak. But it is at best a, a temporary solution and not a top grade one. It, it, still, it still leaks a little bit. I have a, a bucket catching it. I have to empty out every day. Okay, so we, we want all things to be back to normal. For, for pipes to be solid as they should be, not needing duct tape. Uh, but that's not the situation we're in right now. I've, I've already said that Zoom can't completely solve the tactile nature of the church. That's, that's part of it. Uh, Zoom can't, can't give us all that we desire in relationships with one another. Um, uh, Zoom also gives us the option of tuning out as well. If, if you grew up in the church as a, as a child, you know very well that even when you're present with people, you can tune out. You can tune out what's going on. Uh, but now, it coming through a platform like Zoom, you can have video off, and you can turn on your mute, and you can click leave meeting at any point you want to. If you disagree with something, if, you, if, you, if you're in uh, a, a re relational disagreement, you just push leave meeting. I, it feels like people maybe out in the world are doing that now. They have an argument. I push the leave meeting button and I walk away. Uh, we need to give care to not growing content to have the duct tape become the permanent solution. For, for the duct tape experience to become your permanent experience of church, I think all of us are saying that is not optimal uh, when we can be together again, experiencing normal church, church life, the tactile nature of it, 
that's what we really want. That's what we really desire. But for now, let's put some duct tape around it and do the best we can. Well, since I'm not as smart as Paul, uh, I'm going to also jump into the toilet with KJ <laughs> and, and, and use that analogy. Uh, I, I think for, for me, as I was thinking through this, uh, there were three sort of leaks. And, and I, I'm just, I'm being, I, I'm not thinking in terms of uh, deep theology here as much as three leaks I see. That I, I like to continue the analogy, though. That's, yeah, that's three, good. Three, yeah, three points leaks of leakage that I'm feeling. Um, one is congregational singing. Now, we still have music in our service, and I think that is good. I think it helps. But we sing muted, and we have to sing muted because there's a delay, and I've tried to do things like that singing, and it's terrible sounding. And it, it, it kind of distracts everybody because it, you're hearing everything in sort of a cacophony, and it's, just, it's not good. So, uh, so you sing, but you're not singing corporately. And I think there's something important about singing as a congregation. This is why I'm not really for sort of the, the, the concert type worship service, because I think it's important that we hear each other's voices and that, that we, there, there's an encouragement from, that comes when there's sort of a, a, a common voice coming out. Because uh, the songs we sing ought to be prayers. And, and so there, there's an encouraging praying together aspect, I feel like, that comes with congregational singing that you're not able to do on Zoom. Another aspect is what I'm calling the sacred space aspect. Now, I want to be careful here because I, there's nothing magical about a building. There's nothing magical about the place that we go. But I do think um, that there are some places that our hearts are less distracted in worship than others. And so if I'm doing a Zoom call and I'm kind of in my kitchen and I'm looking at a refrigerator or I'm looking at a drying machine that my clothes are in and I've forgotten to take them out, it's very easy to start thinking of sort of day-to-day unholy things. And I don't mean sinful things. I just mean normal life things. Whereas when I go to the church, because of my heart habits, I have a, I have a tendency to associate that with the Lord and I find prayer more easily there. And, and so I think not being in the sacred space, so to say, um, requires me to be more intentional in my prayer before coming. And saying, you know what, I'm about to, yes, I'm clicking on this button on my computer that I, you know, I use this computer to, to read and to uh, buy things on Amazon and, and uh, play video games. And now I, I'm clicking this same computer and I'm in church. And so you, you do have to pause your heart for a minute, I think, and prepare for worship in a more intentional way. Um, and then the other aspect of it as a pastor is the hospitality aspect. Um, it is, I find it difficult to welcome people, especially visitors on Zoom. And again, it's because of losing that, that spontaneity, <laughs> you know, the, the getting coffee after the service aspect of things. Uh, yes, I think there is good possibilities for visitors because uh, all a visitor has to do is come to church is click on the link on our Facebook page. And we've seen that happen. 
So I, I think there's positives in terms of, well, uh, of getting more visitors involved, but I think there's negatives in terms of making them feel welcome. Uh, I, I've, I don't know how you guys have felt about that, but I've found that really difficult. And as, as, a com, as it being a community thing, I think that's something you really lose uh, in, a, in a Zoom service. Just real quick thought on uh, the sacred space idea. You know, I think a lot of people who work and are having to work from home right now probably can resonate that with that when they think about how much, I, I know some people probably are happy to work at home, don't mind it, but I know a lot of people I've heard really, really would love to be in the office. And, uh, and you might even hear some of my kids being a little noisy right now. Uh, just the practical nature of, of that is, is obvious. You know, there's, there's a certain space dedicated to being productive and coming together as coworkers and working on projects and brainstorming. There's just a reality to that, that it's better. Uh, and I think I even read an article recently where JP Morgan, uh, you know, one of the biggest banks in the world and, and a, a couple other big corporations, they were all saying their productivity had gone down and that they were wanting to get people back into the office as soon as possible. Now, okay, take that to the spiritual application. Um, is there more spiritual productivity uh, being together in the building? I, I don't know. If, I don't know if, <clears throat> how much you want to stretch that metaphor. But it, it, it involves. But there is, there is, I think you're, you're right. There is that sense of um, this is where we uh, serve one another. This is where we love. This is where we spur one another on for the rest of the week in the other spheres of life. Uh, when we have, yeah. when we need that, it's, we need to be, we need that strength of the Lord. It's important to underline worship. The, the primary thing involved in worship is your heart. Where is your heart? And, and, and so if the sacred space, whether it's a conscious thing or an unconscious, it's not like it's some, some magical thing. It's what prepares your heart for worship. And, and, I, and I think that sacred space, there's an unconscious reality that we're used to that this is when I go to the house of the Lord, I'm there and that's where I, it's easier to pray and to be more spiritual there. And so I, I just think there's that intentionality that we have to have about our hearts when we, when we click into a Zoom meeting. Um, so interesting discussions about the advantages and disadvantages, um, dangers. Um, the question then becomes is that when this is all over, certainly we have learned a lot of lessons during this time. How do we discern what lessons are the ones that are here to stay, that is sort of a new normal, and what uh, ought to be done away with when the, when the context changes? Uh, and I think there's a lot of interesting aspects of this for international churches. And so I'll just throw that, that question out to you guys. What's here to stay? Uh, I think I think that this is funny because I'm not a person who is ever that interested in the idea of internet church, but I do think the the pandemic has forced even pastors of very small churches into becoming you know not experts but into becoming proficient at exactly. using <laughs> using the internet to get the word of God out there. And it's made me think a little bit differently about the churches, the online churches that came out, you know, I don't know, it was probably in the 2000s, 2010s when it really became a thing. You know, you'd always know if it's whatever church.tv would be usually the, the telling evidence that this isn't, this is their philosophy of ministry, right? And I don't agree with it. I don't agree that you can have an internet 
only church, but I'd say we will probably continue to use the tools of uh, media and the ability to uh, even with the thing like Zoom, if you have the resources as a church to continue doing that, to reach out to people as an outreach, not putting all your, your uh, not putting all of your bets in that, in that camp, but saying this is a tool in our toolbox and we know how to use it now because we had to. Uh, I, I picture a lot more churches doing that and hopefully to good effect. I know we were talking earlier about different scenarios where in an international city like Paris, there are these kind of random people scattered around sometimes that you can easily connect with and share the gospel and hopefully draw them into the life of the community. Uh, so that'd be my vision is not, not as a, not as your main weapon of choice, but as another, uh, another thing in your, in your toolbox uh, for God, you know, to use technology that way. So I, I, uh, I'm sold on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love, I love that toolbox analogy because it is, it is a, a tool that we have now that we didn't before. It is going to take great wisdom to know when to wield that tool. (laughs) And I think that's, that is a question that I'm asking myself right now that I haven't come to complete conclusions on because I mentioned this dilemma that I had before of like there's pluses and minuses and we don't want to go, use all the pluses so that it actually causes more minuses. And, and let me give you kind of an example. Um, and it's, it's particularly relevant for international churches in a city like Paris, because church planting is a huge part of our vision at EIC and will continue to be so. Uh, and a big reason for that is because of space problems. Uh, and when I say space, someone lives two hours away from church. Right. Yeah. Not not aliens. But uh, uh, the, if, if someone lives two hours away from church um, now, there may be a French speaking church near them. And if they speak French, I would certainly encourage them to go to that church. But if they don't speak French and they live two hours away, there may not be a close option, which is one of the reasons why we're trying to plant churches. But in a scenario like that. Does reaching those types of people via Zoom, is that a legitimate option. We've had people who live in Normandy, for example, uh, in, a, in a small town in Normandy, email the church. And do you have any plans on planting a church out there? Well, we don't. We don't have the resources to plant a church in Normandy. And there's, you know, if we had resources, we would probably put them in places where there were a higher volume of English speakers. Uh, and, and so someone who lives in sort of an isolated village in France who doesn't have, doesn't speak French and doesn't have access to an English language church, a situation like our Zoom might be the best option they have. Um, so I don't want to neglect that there's possibilities like that. But on the other hand, um, I can also see that someone lives closer to the church and just might get in a habit of saying, you know what, I, I don't want to get on the metro this morning. I don't really feel like leaving the house. I'll just join via Zoom and not be as committed to the, the, the in-person fellowship. And so for me, there's real missional possibilities here, but, I, but there's also dangers in terms of what community life looks like, of the neighborhood church where we're embodied in the community and we're, we're blessing those around us. And this has always been a challenge for international churches uh, because, because we tend to not be neighborhood churches as much because of our, uh, we're more language-specific churches. And so we, we, uh, people come to us because... They, they don't speak French, they do speak English, more so than because they live in our neighborhood. 
Uh, and so church planting is the best solution, uh, but is Zoom a kind of smaller solution that might go for other situations? I don't know, but that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying to think through is the appropriateness of, of solving this geography problem. Yeah, so how do we discern what to do? How do we discern what to do once in-person meetings become possible again? I think most likely the, the pandemic that we're in will probably lift gradually. Uh, therefore, there will be a phased return to normal and we'll go through phases of trying different things. Uh, wisdom's gonna be needed on what to do and when to do it. And I think you should expect, we should all expect different churches in different contexts to approach things differently and therefore give grace, right? Give grace to the churches that are doing things differently than your church who are using things like Zoom as a, as a missional arm. Um, if you're not, give grace for it. Uh, we, we also need to apply the lessons we've learned during the pandemic. I think this is a huge time of teaching us what the church really is. Right. We we all can say with one accord, the church is not the building now because we've been the church. We've been doing the church without our building so much this year. We've learned so much about the importance of interaction together around God's word, not just hearing it, but uh, asking questions and speaking it to one another. That's been huge in our year, especially in the church in the park. And we brought those lessons into what we're doing now as we gather on Zoom and even as we are gathering the building uh, for a brief time in October. Uh, we've got to learn these lessons because this, this could very well be the global church's dress rehearsal for even more serious times down the road. And we need to, need to be prepared for that. Yeah, I think just yes. adding on to that real quick, you may make me think, KJ, there is that, it's a, it's a, this is a minor test to really, for, for our hearts to say, how committed are we to one another? And if I'm a churchgoer and I'm not that committed to other Christians and their growth and their life and praying for them and serving them, well, then this is a good time to check out and I'll check back in whenever things are normal. But if, if this is really a test and opportunity for us to redouble our commitment to one another, because we are, you know, we share spiritually, you know, the, the Paul teaches right in first Corinthians, I believe, you know, that we are, when one member, when one part of the body grieves, all grieve, there's a spiritual bond by the, by the love and, and the power of the Holy spirit. So if, if I'm not that grieved that I can't, connect with other Christians, you know, that's, that's a real call to, to, uh, to reflection and to repentance uh, to say, this is a time to, because if things are even harder, you'll, you'll, you'll need that conviction even more uh, to say, no matter what I'm willing to live as the body of Christ. And I think that's yeah. important for us. Paul, that'll preach. Uh, that, that's, I don't know if y'all say that in Europe, but in the South, we say that'll preach that that is a convicting message that I think would, we'd all do good as how, you know, our commitment to church, um, during this time, if, if we're not willing to get on zoom, uh, what does that say about our commitment? But let, let me, let me give a closing here, word of encouragement. 
because my heart was greatly, greatly encouraged by this past Sunday. Um, I, you know, my, my church came in large numbers to the Zoom call. And when I looked at all of the faces, you know, it's hard, as a preacher, it's kind of hard to preach to a recording. I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but you're, you're preaching to some camera, not wondering if anybody's going to actually watch it. Whereas in the Zoom call, my, my, my screen was filled with faces of people I could see listening to the sermon, of people that I love, people who were, were in this thing with me. You know, we're, we're, we're all going through the same things. I saw the smiles. I saw the, I saw the families with children. Um, and it was a huge encouragement um, that was greatly needed during this time. Don't neglect how much your face on a screen that's, that's in a community on Zoom. Don't neglect how much that can actually encourage somebody. Um, and how much and how encouraging it can be to you. And so I, I really want to encourage you. I, I really hope during this second confinement in France that we have a lot more, a lot more Sundays like this. To be honest, it was more encouraging to me than the limited buildings. I, you know, I don't want to put that in competition, but the, it was very stressful planning those in-building things to make sure all of that was, was there. And there was no stress in this Zoom call. It was complete encouragement. I, and one of my favorite moments in ministry, to be honest, was at the end of that call when I said, I'm about to unmute everybody. <laughs> and, and there was kind of this cry of joy that came up when everybody got unmuted. And, it, you know, nobody could understand each other. It was complete chaos, but it was godly chaos. And, and I, I love it. cost all over again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, the Holy Spirit was in that unmute. And, and I, I, uh, I, you know, maybe that'll become a tradition of, of the unmute time. Uh, where we all get to kind of express our appreciation for the Lord and bringing us together as a church, even if it's online. So, uh, yeah, just in closing this out, um, and we're, we're we're out of time. But church, uh, whether you're whether you're an EIC member or whether your church is meeting online or whether you're not, your church isn't doing Zoom meetings. Uh, understand this: the importance of community and investing in each other. And if you're at EIC, do do make it a, a priority during this confinement to get involved in the Zoom meetings and and to come into those meetings ready to encourage others. Guys, any final words? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that'll do it for our episode for the day of the International Church Podcast. Thanks and God bless. <laughs>